Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your presence in this place. We ask that you open our hearts to receive your word and to hear what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to be here. Those of you who don't know me, or those of you who once knew me and forgot who I was, my name is Lenny, and I'm from Germany originally, which you may hear every now and then in my accent. Um, the last five years, my wife Kelly and I, we lived in Belfast in Northern Ireland, and we helped plant a church with a ministry called Every Nation. And then exactly one year ago, I preached at Mission Sunday. <laughs> I think this is the third Mission Sunday that I preach at, so it's becoming an Anglican tradition now here. Um, uh, um, I hope you don't get tired yet of hearing me uh, on the same day of the year, every year. Anyway, we, we came here and Mike asked Callie and I if we would at all be open to coming to Florida to help you all plant a new church, probably in St. John's County. And at first we thought he was um, joking because, yeah, that was such a random question that we did not see coming, but then... We took the whole year last year to pray and seek God, and we just felt that he was confirming it and said, yes, go. So now we're here, and it's already one year later, and um, we just want to thank you so much for welcoming us here in, in this town. Uh, it's been amazing. We've gotten so much nice furniture from some of you guys that's now in our apartment. We, we, some, of you, some of you gave us some finances to help us get started here. People still come and bring food by and lunch and dinner. And I hope that this continues. Um, <clears throat> it's better than Uber Eats, actually, yeah. So we will be here for one year in Fleming Island. And during this year, we will get to know you more. You will get to, us more, get to know us more. And we will um, get to know the Anglican way a little bit more, too, so that we can plant a proper church in St. John's County. Okay? And during this time here, especially the next six months, We're going to spend a lot of time praying and seeking God for his direction and wisdom. And we would like to invite you to be part of this. Please join us in prayer. And we're also going to have um, special events throughout the next six to 12 months where we will inform you about what's happening and how you can be involved. But if you would like to have any updates or information or, again, join the prayer team, then please make sure that you put down your name and contact information at our little table out there later. And I also just want to, to glorify God for his faithfulness. Um, I just mentioned that we uh, spent one year, uh, five years in Belfast, and it was a bit difficult for us at first to make that decision to leave because our church still felt like it was in an early stage, and for core people like us to pull out seemed challenging. But shortly after Kelly and I had made the decision to come here and to leave Belfast, God spoke to a couple in South Africa, on the other side of the world, and told them, I want you to come and move to Belfast and be, become part of that, that team there, the church planting team. And the amazing thing is that I was the, the worship leader in our church in Belfast, and Kelly was the administrator. And the couple who's now moving to Belfast, he is a worship leader and she is an administrator. So it's just amazing how God does that. But, you know, like with so many things in life, God wants us to take the first step many times. He wants us to take a step of faith, and then he will take care of the rest. And um, So yeah, now we're here. We're excited. 
Uh, I'm, I'm borderline millennial myself. Uh, I'm 36 years old. I, I'm sure Dan would be happy about this. Um, I can't wait to take selfies with him and post them. Um, <laughs> I, hear, I hear that's what you do as a millennial. And yeah, I am super excited about this church plant. Like I said, we're going to have a lot of planning and praying into this. We don't know exactly yet where we will plant. We don't even know the name yet, although I have a little favorite that I'm not going to share yet. Um, but yeah, the baby is still in the womb. Yeah, and, and we're here to help it grow and feeding it like the placenta in a way. Yeah, and then we'll deliver it. And um, we, yeah, it's a very important stage of this church plant. A lot is happening under the surface. What I do believe, though, about this new church plant is that it will be a church that values authentic and healthy relationships. I believe as people created in the image of a triune God, I believe that healthy relationships are one of the most significant things that we can invest in as a church here on earth. Because God is a relationship, and so we should mirror his relationship here on earth and be healthy and, and good at doing relationships. I also really believe that our union with Jesus, the finished work of Christ, and our, our being, us being united with him and, and to him is going to be a, a strong value of our church, Christ-centeredness. And then, of course, we want to be a missional church. We want to have a focus on missions from the beginning of our church plant over there. And at this point, my wife and I, since we have a heart for Europe, we see ourselves as planting bridges in a way, building bridges between Europe and the USA, and maybe creating mission opportunities for people here to go back to Europe. You may remember that St. Augustine is the oldest settlement, European settlement in the USA. So the Europeans once came here to settle, and now our hope and prayer is to send people back to Europe and bring the gospel and bring, bring the kingdom of God to Europe. So these are just some initial thoughts. If you're interested in knowing more or hearing more, Please see us at the table or come to some of our informational meetings that we will have later in the year. Now, back to Mission Sunday. It's Mission Sunday today. God is calling us, all of us, into his harvest. And we read in Acts chapter 1 earlier, Jesus said to his disciples, You are going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And if we apply that to our context today, it, it would sound something like this. You will be my witnesses in Fleming Island, in St. John's County, and all these other counties around Fleming Island and, and Clay County, and to the ends of the earth. Now, we have a lot of tables out there that show mission projects that are happening in the ends of the earth. I know that you are very active here in Fleming Island in the community, and I believe there is also a few things you do in, in Jacksonville and in other counties already, but I'm happy that now with the church plant, we're adding another county, Samaria, so to say. We're adding that to the portfolio of missions, and we're stepping into the fullness of the picture that Jesus painted there. And we're saying, okay, we will be in Jerusalem, we're going to Samaria and Judea and beyond to the ends of the earth. It's very exciting. And maybe some of you are here, though, today saying, well, I don't actually feel like a missionary. I don't feel like I'm really qualified to call myself that, or I don't feel adequately equipped to bring the kingdom of God to people or preach the gospel or do all these nice spiritual things. I don't know if I see myself as that. Maybe, maybe some of you feel 
guilty or ashamed or you feel like you don't really have much to give. Well, I hope that with my message today, I will encourage you that Jesus will and wants to especially work through you in this world. And then maybe some of you think, well, I've tried it. I've tried missions. I've tried to do the mission thing, but it just didn't work. I got rejected. I burned my fingers. It's just not really, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit hopeless. When I look at the fields, I don't see that they are white for harvest. I see them rather as rotten and, and brown and, and ugly and something I would rather stay away from. Now, if that's you, I want to encourage you as well today and, and pray that, that God will adjust your vision and your focus so that you will see what he sees. And then there's maybe some of you even here today who don't even know if this whole Jesus thing is real or not. Well, thank you for being here. And um, I want to encourage you as well. I hope that that what I will share with you today about Jesus will somehow inspire you and maybe open you up too to this wonderful person called Jesus that we're here to worship. So we read the gospel story, and it's honestly one of my favorite stories, the story of the woman at the well. Now, the passage we read has a, a bigger context to it. Okay, Jesus is talking to that woman, asking her for some water, and she's kind of shy at first, and then they start having this conversation. And to make a long story short, Jesus basically reads her mail without knowing anything about her from herself. And she gets so convicted and something in her gets so, so deeply touched that she goes into her own hometown, tells everybody about Jesus, and they come out to meet Jesus. Many of them become followers of Jesus, and they invite him to stay for two more days to have a revival conference in that little town in Samaria. That is the bigger picture. And now I want to highlight something that really, really spoke to me that I'd never seen before in this story. And that is that Jesus always sees potential in every situation. Jesus always has hope. Jesus never woke up one morning and said, oh my father, I don't know how we're going to do this. Jesus. <laughs> He didn't say Jesus, no. I don't know how we're going to change this world. No, he always went from place to place and he saw exactly what the Father was doing and he came into agreement with that and that unlocked the potential in every situation. And here we have a beautiful example of that. Because the person Jesus chose to unlock is somebody that nobody had on their list of potential missionaries. We have a woman, first of all. Now, you must understand, in the cultural context, women were considered very low in society. Their, their testimony in court was invalid. They didn't have a say. They didn't have a voice. Which makes it all the more interesting that the people in the village, when they listened to her testimony, were impacted by it and actually believed her and went out to, to, to see Jesus for themselves. There was something in the way that lady testified, the, in the way that her testimony was shared that seemed so authentic and compelling that it broke through the cultural barrier of, no, we don't listen to women. Something changed somehow because she had an encounter with Jesus. So she was a, a woman. And by the way, religious Pharisees, their attitude towards women was, we would rather burn the Holy Scriptures than teach them to women. It's true. You, you can read that up. So here we have a woman, and Jesus is giving her 
one of the most profound sermons about worship that he's given anywhere in the New Testament. If you, again, read the bigger context of the story, Jesus has this beautiful interaction with that woman. Now, she's not only a woman, she's a Samaritan woman. That's even worse, okay? Samaritans were the people that you don't associate with. In fact, when, when Jews wanted to go to Jerusalem from the northern part of Israel to worship in Jerusalem, they had to go through Samaria, and they made sure that they took the longer detour around Samaria so they don't have to walk through the defiled country of the Samaritans. That's how big the chasm was culturally, spiritually, socially between Jews and Samaritans. And again, here we have Jesus sitting at the well, talking with her, asking her for a cup of water, humbling himself, asking a woman like that. Can you imagine God in the flesh asking a woman like that, would you mind giving me some water, please? Ooh, he's just crossing all those chasms and just building a huge bridge right there culturally. It's big. So we have a woman, we have a Samaritan, and it gets even worse than that. We have a Samaritan woman who was basically rejected even by her own people. She had been married five times. Now, we don't know what happened to all those five husbands. <laughs> Maybe they all died. Probably not, unless she killed them all, which would make the story even more interesting, okay? Um, <laughs> But most likely, those five husbands just rejected her at some point. Because back then, it was very easy to divorce your wife. You just write a certificate of divorce, and off she goes. And that happened to her five times. Can you imagine the, 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 that spirit of rejection that must have resided in her heart? And at some point, she didn't even bother anymore. And she lived together with a man who was not her husband. And that is what Jesus pointed out when he had that conversation with her and, and the story before the reading today. She lived with a man that was not her husband, which again is a cultural no-go. It meant she was living as an adulteress. She was probably that woman that everybody in town looked at and said, uh, no, don't, don't, don't touch her, don't go near her, don't, don't hang out with her, which is probably the reason why she came to the well by herself at noon when it was the hottest part of the day. Nobody would do that. When it's noon, when it's hot, you don't go and carry heavy water jars unless you want to avoid any, everybody else, which is probably what she wanted to do. Avoid people, because they avoided her. So what happened that this woman suddenly became the first missionary in the Gospel of John? That she not only experienced a personal transformation, but through her witness, her female witness, an entire town got transformed. How did that happen? We know from her testimony, she went into town and she said, come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did. And I want to I rephrase it. She went into town and she said, guys, you must go, you must see this man who, who read my mail. He, he knew everything about me. He knew the, the good, the bad, the ugly. He knew everything. And yet, he did not reject me. No, come and see a man who, who, who just embraced me, who, who just did not reject me for who I was. He knew everything, and yet he accepted me. 
I believe Jesus ministered to that poor rejected woman in such a deep way that, that she couldn't help but, but go out there and tell everybody about this Jesus. Can you imagine the disciples when they came and they joined that conversation? They only caught the, the latter part of it, the end. They're, they were like, wait, what's Jesus doing there? Talking to a woman, talking to a Samaritan woman, talking to that <laughs> Samaritan woman. And I love Jesus' challenge. And this is a challenge for me and this is a challenge for all of us. He says, don't you see? Don't you see? That the fields are white. Don't you see it? I can only imagine the disciples saying, no, we don't. <laughs> when we look at her, we don't see a fruit that's ready to be harvested. No, we rather see somebody who is going to hell. But Jesus saw something else. Because his eyes were not colorblind. His eyes were not distorted. His vision was not distorted by cultural and religious preconceived ideas and notions about who that woman was. Jesus saw her for who she truly was and called the truth out in her. The disciples still had a way to go to learn how to do that. We still have a way to go to learn how to do that. But this is a challenge to you and to me to see people, to learn to see people the way God sees them. And then we start seeing that the fields are actually white for harvest, that it's actually not hopeless that there actually really is a hope and a harvest waiting. And maybe some of you, though, are like that woman too. Maybe, you know, can you imagine that woman who woke up that morning and got her little water jar or her big water jar ready? By the way, did you notice in the story that she left the water jar and went back into town? The purpose that brought her to the well she completely forgot about because she encountered Jesus. And she even left the water jar. She didn't even do what she came to do because Christ impacted her so profoundly. And if you had told that lady that morning, listen, whatever her name was, we don't even know, listen, this is just one of those other days. It's hot, it's Israel, the sun is burning, everybody hates you. But today, something will happen that will so change your life that your entire town will become followers of that, call, that guy named Jesus who claims to be the Messiah. And 2,000 years later, people in Fleming Island, Florida will be talking about that story of what is about to happen to you today, dear lady. Can you imagine how she, must, how she would have had reacted if somebody had told her that? Me? Not me. No. God does not have me on his radar. Now, some of you maybe came to church today, maybe not even knowing this Jesus or not even thinking that he exists. Oh, well, wait and see. Maybe some of you came to church today saying, not even knowing that it's Mission Sunday, actually. And maybe something will happen to you today that will fuel you like never before to become a missionary like you've never been before. Just like that dear lady. I want to encourage you, when you come up to the front to take communion later, I really pray and trust that the Holy Spirit will be here and reveal Jesus to you in such a real deep way that you won't be able to help but go out there into the town of all those people who hate and reject you and to still be a witness for Jesus. 
I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you so that when you leave this place, you will start seeing this world through different eyes and you see the white fields everywhere. That when you walk out there and look through all these tables that we have out there, that something in you gets stirred up and the Holy Spirit will lead you to, to participate in some way. Maybe come and participate in what we want to do in St. John's County. Maybe come and participate in, in some of the other amazing international projects out there. You, you can give, you can pray, you can join, be part of it. We have Alpha course starting soon. Maybe bring people along. I don't even want to motivate you to start seeing yourself as a missionary. This is not just a mental exercise. I really believe that when the Holy Spirit touches you, you won't be able to help but be a missionary. And that is my prayer for you this morning. This is my prayer for all of us. That we will experience this, this deep encounter with our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you so much for inviting us into this exciting, life-changing mission. Into a mission that is full of hope. A mission that is, that is really worth it. We ask you on this special day, this Mission Sunday, that you come and that you pour out on us a special grace, a special anointing that takes away all shame, that takes away all hopelessness, all fear, and everything that disqualifies us and that enables us to become like that woman at the well. Agents of change, agents of transformation, agents of grace. We welcome you and we bless all those mission tables out there, all those projects, Father, that are happening around the world. We ask you today that you would bless them and that your kingdom would come through them on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to stand.